Hello, welcome to the Made for Greatness podcast, where we unpack what it means to be made for the greatness of God himself, not this greatness or comfort that's offered to us by the world, but this greatness of of God himself, all of God poured into our hearts. And this implies a purging, because our hearts are so full. They're full of ourselves, they're full of whatever it is that that preoccupies our day, it's full of stuff, of different treasures other than God. And so we got to try and ask for the grace of, of God to show us what has to be purged and expunged from our souls and so we can fit all of God in there. Let's start with a little prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. I ask you to please bless everyone who might be listening whenever they might be. And uh, please bless their families. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today is Ascension Thursday, and I want to focus on, uh, there's three readings for today, Acts of the Apostles, the Ascension of Jesus, Ephesians, and Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. Let's read Ephesians, and it's Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 to 23. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power in us who believe? According to the working of his great might, which he accomplished in Christ when he raised him from the dead and made him sit at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he's put all things under his feet and made him the head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Amen. So there's three things for us to know here from the scripture reading. There's one, the hope to which you and I have been called. The hope of our salvation. Two, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance? The, the, the inheritance that, that's given to the saints. And three, the immeasurable greatness of the power in us who believe. The thing that's on my heart today is is number three, the immeasurable greatness of his power in us who believe. This we, we I had an interesting chat. We I had a team meeting a couple of weeks ago with our men's group's leaders and we we're talking about the upcoming men's conference. We have one every year for the past seven years. This will be the seventh one. And hopefully things go well if you if you get this podcast, please pray for us. Whenever you are, because God, we serve the God of time. And whether you're 30 years down the road or or uh, or today, uh, if you hear this thing, I ask you to pray for us. I just pray that God blessed us and will bless us with his immeasurable greatness, his immeasurable power. And the, the gentleman who's going to be coming, his name is Paco, and he seems like a really good guy. I'm really excited to hear what he's got to say. And a lot of people that I that I admire and respect like him and are friends with him. And when he asked us at one point in the conversation about the charismatic renewal and the charisms of the Holy Spirit, now in, in case you're not sure, what I'm referring to here is is these Corinthian gifts, not just the Isaiah gifts of knowledge, power, and pardon me, knowledge and fortitude, piety, things like that. Those are important things, and they help us draw closer to God. The Corinthian gifts, however, they help us 
not move away from God, but within God, within his heart and his presence to other people, to serving other people, whether that's healing, prophesying, praying, interceding, teaching and educating, things like this. And these are things that, that would be given to all of us according to our own disposition, right? If I'm not willing to receive these things, how's God ever going to give me something if I'm not willing to receive it? But for some reason, a roadblock comes up when we talk about the charismatic gifts. And it's a roadblock that, I don't know, I don't know exactly where it stems from. It could be, it could be some sort of traditional piety, traditional devotion. Uh, it could be a rejection of things that are highly emotional and highly emotionally charged. And a rejection of, of wanting an emotional experience or not wanting an emotional experience of the Holy Spirit, of God himself. And it's a probably, I would imagine, my, my suspicion is as based in, in the emotionalism of things and Pentecostalism of things. And on, on itself, I don't think that Pentecostalism is a bad thing. I don't think anybody should think it's necessarily a bad thing. Because it celebrates the, the gift that was that God gave us at Pentecost. This gift that happens a couple thousand years ago, but this gift that, that still happens today. I do think, though, that we should reject the notions of, of seeking the gifts rather than the giver. I do think that we should be cautioned against the emotional uh, highs and the emotional lows that we experience those things are normal, but we should caution against seeking them first above all things. So, so I think that there's a healthy caution. But I think the unhealthy caution towards these things is never wanting them again. Or never wanting it at all, period. And leaving it completely to the peripheries of Protestantism. Or the peripheries of those crazy Catholics over there. That's a mistake. And I think Satan plays with us. You know, there's a lot of ways that this little dude plays with us. But I think he plays with us in that regard where we limit ourselves. We limit ourselves and the, and the power that God gives us, we limit his movement within our lives out of whatever sort of concerns or fears we might have regarding what we've seen and interpreted. And no matter what we might think, our interpretations of things, you know, is always imperfect. Just because somebody has a has a devotion to Our Lady that that sounds that uses language that might be in place of Jesus doesn't mean that we should never have a devotion to Our Lady. But somewhat with the Holy Spirit, it's different, you know. So I I don't know. It's got to change. I'm not sure how this has got to change. Perhaps talking about them as Corinthian gifts, talking about these things as normal things. Certainly, St. Paul, in this reading today, this magnificent greatness of power within us. And this word for power is, is the same word that's used in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, where the Holy Spirit comes upon us and gives us his power, this dunamis, this potentiality towards an action of God, a miraculous action of God in and through us, not just for myself, but for other people. And it's like the Isaiah gifts, they help us to understand who God is, help us to seek Him, help us to worship Him, help us to serve Him, and help us to share Him with other people. But it seems like these Corinthian gifts 
go above and beyond that step. We're really ministering and healing in the name of Jesus and in imitation of him who healed and served the world. So I think we should seek these things. I, I really, really do. This immeasurable grace, this immeasurable greatness of God in the power that he gives us in this dunamis. But I, I don't think that we necessarily have to all speak in tongues. I've said this several times in this podcast. We don't all, always necessarily have to prophesy. We don't always necessarily have to heal other people. But I think that we should, all of us, I think that we should have a living and dynamic relationship with God himself who lives within us. We should all have a living and dynamic relationship and a dialogue with the Holy Spirit, with God, and saying, come, Holy Spirit, move through me and in me. And we have to understand that it's not going to look the same for everybody. I mean, that's almost a no-brainer to think because we all have got different personalities. But just because the Pentecostals, let's say, these Protestant people, um, are highly emotionally charged with regards to their expressions of faith, it doesn't mean that I have to be emotionally charged. And that doesn't mean that, that this experience of God, this acceptance of his dunamis, of saying yes to his power, his magnificent power in our lives, does not imply an emotionally charged experience. What it implies is a heart that's fully conformed to the will of Jesus. It implies a heart that has been softened by the Holy Spirit who heals and nourishes and sanctifies. So when, when you're going to pray for our men's conference coming up, pray that all of the men would, ha- would have a renewed, let's see here, a renewed awareness of God's movement in their lives. A, re- a renewed zeal to asking the Holy Spirit to move in and through us. And a renewed openness to receiving all that He might want to give us. Especially amongst these Corinthian gifts, because these things are so essential to our apostolate, as the Second Vatican Council tells us. You know, again, I guess, you know, if you reject the Second Vatican Council, uh, I don't know what to say to you, pal. I mean, I love you, I, I pray for you, and I bless you, and I bless you for your devotion to our church and wanting us to, the ship to be steered in the right direction. But there's something that you're missing here. You know, the, the implementation of the Second Vatican Council was rocky at best. You know, certainly that's been our interpretation today, you know, 50 years later, 60 years later almost. But that doesn't mean that we should throw the baby out with the bathwater, does it? There's good things there. Very good things there. And especially the document, the Apostolate of the Laity. Our job as laity involves allowing the Holy Spirit to move in and through us in power, in this immeasurable greatness of God that he has in store for us, that we would tap into this and say yes to God moving in and through us. You know, I've said this a few times, and I'll say this again here today, that I often wonder, it's, what is it, Habakkuk chapter 3, you know, I've heard of your works, I've heard of your renown, you know, in wrath, remember mercy. Renew these works of yours. And, and that's my prayer. I, I want God to renew his work in our lives today. And I often wonder why we don't see miracles, why we don't see things. And, be, and people make a mistake when they look at the Acts of the Apostles and they say, well, that was limited for them. That, that expression of the gift of tongues 
was limited to the people in that square or in that area where the apostles were themselves gathered as one in chapter 2. We make a mistake because we ignore the experience of Cornelius and his friends. I've got an episode on that too. I don't remember what it's called, but I have an episode on that too. And we should dive into that scripture. You know, I mean, I, I'm going to digress a bit. Um, I don't think that episode really clarified things. I think is I hate, I've recorded it probably two or three times. I still don't like it. But I, but that story of Cornelius, if we sit here and we say the, the apostles' experience at Pentecost was entirely limited to that one day. And if we say that the gift of tongues was solely so that people that were around can simply hear their own language. And, and the reason why they're speaking in tongues is because people could hear in their language this, this message of salvation that Peter had to give the apostles were praising. If you limit it to that reading, you're ignoring the story of Cornelius and his friends. I think it's Cornelius. You know, again, you know, I'm not a scripture scholar. But him and his buddies, his family, and all gathered in one household. And they experienced the same Holy Spirit. They had the same experience that the apostles did. In the Acts of the Apostles, it says this. So we can't ignore that. And for you and I to sit here and say, well, that was then, this is now. And then we never see these gifts of miracles in the same time that we reject wanting it to happen in our lives. Buddy, there's probably a big reason why we don't see these miracles in our lives. Because we reject it and we don't want it. You know, so do you want to draw yourself closer to God or not? And I think all of us should. Do I want to draw myself closer to God? Absolutely I do. And I want him to move freely, freely in and through me so that I can advance his kingdom for the world, so that I can help other people around me, so that I can help my family understand the greatness of his power that lives within our souls. So today, wherever you're at, whether you do reject these, these quote-unquote Pentecostalism, this quote-unquote Pentecostalism within our church, if you do reject this quote-unquote charismatic movement, I encourage you to let go of your thoughts about these things and to see them for what they are, these Corinthian gifts for what they are encouraged by our church, by our Holy Mother, the church, to be utilized for the advancement of God's kingdom, which is our purpose, which is our job as laity. And God has given us everything that we could possibly need to advance his kingdom throughout the world, including gifts of miracles and healings and tongues and prophecy. But it's not limited to any of those things. You know, look at Padre Pio and his life and the miracles of God that worked through his life. Look at St. John Bosco and the miracles that God worked in and through his life. Look at St. Francis of Assisi. You know, there, there's so many witnesses to how God is going to move through us. Who are you and I to limit him? Let God move. Not your intellect move, but let God move. You know, I got to say this to myself. I I really, really do have to say this to myself because, you know, it's so easy for me and all of us, but I'll speak for myself. It's so easy to get stuck in a mode of thought. 
You know, it's so easy to think this is how things ought to go and how things will go. Therefore, God has ordained this to happen in my life. You know, not necessarily so. Some things are a result of our sins. Some things are a result of our stubbornness. Some things are a result of us just missing stuff. Because we have a dulled intellect from the fall of the original sin. So I just, I'm going to go back to this encouragement. I just encourage you to let go of your notions of how God will move through you. Let go of, of the limitations you may have put on him and his action in your life. You who have been baptized, let go of this and let him move freely through you. You who receive the body and the blood and the soul and divinity of Jesus into your soul at least once a week, let go and allow him to move freely through you. If that means these Corinthian gifts, great, but remember, it's not limited to those things. And it does not imply, remember this too, it does not imply that you must have an emotionally charged experience with the Holy Spirit. It does not mean that ever. It doesn't say that in Scripture. It doesn't say that in Church Fathers. In fact, St. John of the Cross, who talked about these things in, in favor, but cautioned us against this seeking emotionalism as the end of these gifts. That's not the end of these gifts. God will use you and I whether we feel like it or not, or whether we're feeling his presence moving in our lives or not. He's going to use us. As long as we say yes to him and allow him to move in the greatness of his power that lives within us. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to let go and allow him to move freely through you. You will not lose your freedom. You will not lose your intellect. You will not lose your reason. You will be blessed beyond imagination. And the people around you will be blessed beyond imagination. Let go of how you think God would move and let go of how others would, would encounter God through you. Let go of that idea of what that looks like and allow him to just be creative through you. The God of the molecules who created everything out of nothing, allow him to be creative through you. You know, lastly, and I got to say this to myself, go to confession as often as you can. Celebrate these sacraments as often as you can. The more that we do these things, the more that we confess, the more that we go to Mass, the more that we do these things, it helps our hearts to get stretched. And it helps our hearts to be purged of the vinegar in there. I, I want nothing to impede God moving in and through my life. I want nothing. And I, and I get so ashamed and I lament at how my sin gets in that way. God will still use me. I just got to say yes. I just got to say yes. No matter what state I feel like I'm in, I just got to say yes and just say, God, please come. Come, Holy Spirit. Please come into my life. Help me to be like, a, like an aqueduct of grace, just like Our Lady. I pray that, that the people around me could encounter you in a, in a, in a new way somehow that they would forget me and that I would allow myself to just be a pencil in your hand okay in Jesus name we pray amen